SecondCityHockey.com Jonathan Taves. Commit to us. Commit to the jersey. Commit to our people here. Welcome into another episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Melton, uh, editor here and site manager for Second City Hockey. And I've only got two of my usual line mates with me this evening. Uh, Shepard Price is off venturing in parts unknown, so he's uh, not available this week. But we've got two other people with us tonight, and you're used to their voices by now. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Mill182. And he is the Second City Hockey, what Brendan Kelly is to Lawrence Arms. It is Mill Savage. Well, don't give me that much credit. I, I, there, that is one of my most, one of the most fun bands to see. I think just, just fun. Every time I see them, it's fun. I mean, we're having fun here, aren't we? We, we are, we're always, if nothing else, Mill, we are always having fun. Agreed. And then also with us this evening, she is this uh, second city hockey's bull and wall of text, and she's not on Twitter, but she's at Second City Hockey under the moniker LBR. It's Betsy. Uh, speaking of at least some music, uh, what's y'all's first concert you're going to see? Cause, uh, I've got mine already booked for Kesha in August. <laughs> uh, didn't, uh, forgot Kesha was a thing. Uh, I do. Oh my I God. Do. I hate you. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Well, she hasn't been around for like 10 years, right? Dude, she, she oh. went on she had a big album. Do not she so you know all that controversy happened with her and yes. um and she had a breakout song that was like Grammy nominated praying and mm-hmm. like that was like a couple of years ago, not not too long ago. Because I want to say praying was 2016 or 2017. 2017. Did you have a new album within the last year? Because I was in cars for like 12 hours and I believe Kesha came up in discussions at some point. She did come out with, um, she does have some new music. I don't know if it was an album drop completely. Um, I'm just listening to her High Road. I know that came out in 2019. I think that's what she's going to tour with. Um, yeah, she's going to she's gonna do a tour. High Road was her last album. It was 2019. Um, nothing off of it, I think, went very high, but she gets she doesn't get enough credit for how good a writer she is. Cause that's what she was before. Um, okay. she went big. I, uh, I, I guess th- this would be Shepard. Shepard's always the pop, um, pop music guy. And, uh, I, I am not, I don't know how much mill is, but I guess, to, but to get an answer to your question, Betsy mill, what's your first concert going to be? Not counting stuff that I'm like technically working on either playing or shooting photos or something. Uh, 
I have tickets to a fest called Furnace Fest in Alabama. Ooh. I don't know if I'm going to go or not yet, but uh, it's been rescheduled like three times. And it happened to fall on my birthday, so that's kind of cool. So who's who's playing at Furnace Fest? Sounds uh, uh, Is Hot Water Music playing at Furnace Fest? I feel like they should. It's like uh, Kill Switch Engage, Misery Signals, Poison the Well, so more Counterparts. Metal and, okay. Yeah, it's like that kind of stuff. Um, they used to have this festival back. It's like in these big furnaces, like those, like, it's hard to explain. Well, is um, Alabama in the summer kind of like a furnace anyway? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. So um, I've only been there like once or twice, but uh, uh, it's that or I think I have Armor for Sleep tickets, but I don't Ooh. know when they're going to come to Chicago. I, I I had tickets to that and then it got canceled and I, I don't know if they've rescheduled or not. But uh, the I just saw one that was Rise Against the Descendants and Menzingers are playing in late August at whatever that outdoor venue is that used to be Meg's Field, uh, like Hunting, Huntington Bank Pavilion. That's like last week of August. That's probably my first show. I want to go to that too. I, unless, I something, also, unless something something comes up before then, because I'm totally ready to go to a concert. Yeah, I want to go to that too. I want to see Descendants again. Um, I uh, as far as the pop music thing goes, I study a lot of it, but I mostly study like writers, not artists. Yeah. Um, because I'm more on that end of the, like, I'm not pretty and I can't sing very well, but I write music. So I'm kind of like one of those people, just not as good. All right. All right. So like that new girl that's like 18 and put out an album. It's number one everywhere. Olivia. Yeah. Some some 40 year old indie dude wrote all this, like wrote wrote it all. Yeah. Um, and he was in some band and I'm just like, if that could be my future, I mean, honestly, it's not bad. It's like you kind of just get to hide from the public and uh, make money. <laughs> Sounds hey, that's that's a hell of a business plan. Yeah, so I don't know if I'll ever make it there, but we can we can hope. Yeah, we can all hope. Um, she's, she's a Disney star, by the way. Like, yeah, I looked it up today because I I was like curious as to what's all the pop hits right now because I'm just so out of touch with reality and. Uh, I saw hers was all over. So I looked it up and it said she was some Disney actress who became a singer. And then I looked at the album credits and I was like, oh, this guy. I mean, there's some good hooks on there for sure. I just, I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, I think they mass produce. Like if you're a Disney star or Nick star, you might be able to be like pop star later in life. That's pretty much their (laughs) business model, I think. Um, I mean, some of them go crazy. Like Miley and like Demi had some issues, but... I mean, like, I, like we can go back to like the '90s and like the Mickey Mouse Club people. Oh yeah, so oh, for sure they've been doing that for a while. And Max Martin wrote almost everybody's album. <laughs> that dude has the only two people who have more number one hits than Max Martin are John Lennon and Paul McCartney. I don't even know who that person is. He because he doesn't perform. He just writes. He wrote Britney yeah, Spears' Max entire Martin's first like, record. Yeah, he's behind a bunch of the biggest. Um, he's he's a G. Uh, he's he's Swedish. a Swedish dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he that... looks like a Swedish dude too, because he's like bearded up, long hair. Yeah, he's sick. <laughs> I, I mess with Max Martin hard. Like, yeah. I'm a fan. I, yeah. Everything from Backstreet Boys to Katy Berry. He used to do Avril stuff. If you ever think that Avril Lavigne's um old, like some some of her stuff when she was younger, and some of Taylor Swift's stuff, um, circa like the two albums that i own are like the max martin ones 89 and uh the one before red 
but her her like single like I knew you were trouble and that kind of stuff. If you think those sound like Avril Lavigne songs a little bit, it's because he's he like the some of the stuff that they did in that does sound that like they're almost identical to some of that stuff they did on Avril Lavigne's like big album that went out in the nineties. So uh, first one's two thousand two, but I, I was about to say I, Avril Lavigne was not the nineties. I'm not quite that old. No, because I got all right. You're right. It's damn Betsy. I got this. Trying to remember my childhood here. The same day I got Pink's record was "Get This Party Started." I got Avril Lavigne CD back in like 2002. I remember that day. It was a good day. We're we're just gonna start a music pod at some point. I, I do that already. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> you guys uh, can just come on our podcast one day. Maybe, maybe that's what we'll do. We'll come in and talk about music. But hey, uh, I mean, I guess we could talk about hockey at some point, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I guess. I mean, like we 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 usually are. Blackhawk centric around these parts, but obviously not much going on with them. Um, we might talk about the worlds in a little bit, but I'm sure the three of us and, and Shepard as well. Um, and maybe he's taking the night off so he can focus on that Vegas game. But uh, I'm sure we've all been watching the other playoff games. And I, I, I was a little limited this weekend because I was out of town for a wedding. And so I missed a lot of what happened, but the Montreal, so are the Montreal Canadians actually good? Like, or are they just a product of a really shitty division? Little of common, little of column A, little of column B. Some, some of the blue, some of the yellow. Okay. Yeah. I think, uh, I think they're going to get steamrolled by whoever comes out of the series, but I'll probably be wrong because I set it up publicly. <laughs> yeah, that's that's usually how that works. But I also wholeheartedly agree with you that I know they're. I, I've seen some people make comparisons to them and the Dallas Stars last season, but that doesn't seem like a apples to apples comparison for a lot of reasons. I mean, maybe they're winning in a similar way, but Betsy, you mentioned before that they, they, like they have good underlying numbers. I don't remember what Dallas did last season or not. Uh, Dallas did. Dallas okay. is always pretty good at like um, expected goals and such, but um, Montreal has, I think they were like the second best technically five on five shot share, like um, shot attempt share team after the avalanche. Um, okay. It was like 55 or 56%. Um, was, was that during the regular season or during the postseason? During the regular season okay. for Montreal this year. Okay. And I want to say they're well, like their top 10 expected goal share. Let me, I think they're, they're like almost on par with the lightning technically speaking. Yeah. So Montreal's 10th with 52.93 Tampa's ten, uh, ninth with 53.1 and then Golden Knights are 53.2. Like, those are negligible number differences when you're thinking about that. And that's expected goal share. So I'm assuming that most of that is probably them being better defensively than not. Um, yeah, it's just – it's bizarre. Like you, like, you go down their roster and it's not really all that impressive – like their leading scorer in the regular season was Tyler Toffoli, who Hawks fans may remember from the King series back in the day. And while Tyler Toffoli is a good hockey player, if he's your leading scorer at the end of the regular season, that's probably a sign that you don't have the best offense in the world. No. And even if, even if you like are looking, I was right there. The reason their numbers are so high um, for expected goals is because they're def- like they suppress quality against pretty well, but they're, Quality four is not um, – it's like 20th or something like that, yeah. 
So you're right that their, their players aren't getting offense. They're winning by keeping pucks out of the net, net, especially considering prior to these playoffs, Price wasn't doing much and he was hurt half the season. And I don't even remember who was playing behind him. But uh, Jake Allen. Famous. But when you think about the North was like this wild, the wild, wild West when it came to like offense, because you had the Oilers that have the two best offensive players essentially in the league playing with each other and McDavid and Dreisaitl. And then you have the Leafs who were like high octane, high um, offense and minimal defense if they could, you know, not a whole lot there. Um, and then the Jets aren't good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that. Um, hell of a, and then losing Mark Streifle didn't help him at all. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But they weren't, they were statistically not, they were like where the Hawks were. Um, they just had a goalie that was outrageously good and they shot at a pretty decent percentage despite not getting quality chances on the regular. And then Ottawa's crap. I'm blanking on who the other, there's, Calgary the flames. Yeah. The flames are just there. So <laughs> Montreal is beating up on all of them in terms of like suppression, but they're not, they don't have anything going for them offensively on their roster. And then at least they got Kotikiniemi. I'm not going to say his name, right. Um, and, close enough. Yeah, close <laughs> enough. A little in the Emmys. Uh, and then Cole Caulfield, finally, like they finally played him. And yeah. suddenly they're not, they're getting just enough offense to counterbalance their defense. So, I mean, they crushed, they crushed uh, Winnipeg in terms of quality chances against, like destroyed them. Yeah. Kind nothing, of. nothing about, I remember when we did our like forecast of the whole postseason where we just kind of made jokes about the teams like i remember i, I for, just forget winnipeg exists like after they traded line a i just kind of like i ha- I have no opinion of them positive or negative it's total indifference to well, them think about this though now that uh they got their ass kicked by montreal how bad does that make edmonton look yeah yeah, oh, yeah. It's terrible because it's fucking off it. like it's not that edmonton didn't play like horrible like like that horrible against them, but it proves that if you have a good strategy, which for the Oilers, the strategy is don't let McDavid and Drysaddle do anything, then the rest of the team, there's nothing there. So, so yeah, I mean, totally. the, the Hawks did it the year before. You know, they put mostly Taves, but sometimes Camp against McDavid. Um, and I don't think that was like necessarily intentional. It doesn't look that way in terms of um, when JC was coaching anyway. It kind of just lined up that way, you know, top versus top. Um, Because at least for shift charts, if you look at shift charts by shift by shift, it doesn't look like he got thrown out there like specifically for that reason. But it ended up being that Taves, uh, Kubelik, and Saad were amazing. They swallowed them alive. Yeah. McDavid and Drysaddle actually did score against the Hawks, but only went away from Taves. Yeah, they had that. They had that one game where one of the or McDavid went off one game and Edmonton yeah. won, and that, that was the only game they won in the series, I think. And for the rest part, they mostly contained McDavid, if I remember yep. correctly. So, 
Um, but yeah, and then like I'm watching it as, as I'm talking, uh, Tampa's up 2 0 on Carolina in the third. So that's probably going to be the end of Carolina, which isn't, I mean, this series, I'm surprised the series only went five games or seems like it's only going to go five games, but Tampa's terrifying. And I think, I think what we need is, uh, like Vegas appears to have come back to life. So I, I don't want to immediately crown Colorado in that series, but the whole point of what I'm saying is, as I need a Colorado Tampa Stanley cup final. That's what I had too. That, that's just, that's what I want to see. Cause I think it's going to be entertaining as hell. Before the playoffs started, I had Colorado beating the lightning in the final. It, like I filled it out on NHL.com. Oh yeah. So, for, I, I don't know if I did that this year or not, but you know, you know, what's really interesting is this next round will be the first time teams play outer division. Yeah. And uh, the thing with Colorado is like, so they've been pretty damn good at home. Obviously, that one game was close, but in general, if they win tonight, even if that series goes seven, they get Kadri back in seven. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I like I feel like Colorado's going to win that series against Vegas. Like I don't. I, again, I, I missed their last two games, so I don't really know what was going, uh, what had happened. But well, you missed. So the for the okay. So the best statistical team in the NHL since 2007, 2009, when um, the data goes back to then um, Colorado in the regular season was the top has taken the top seed. They're just the best. They now, they now also own the worst statistical three game spread in the playoffs. Thanks to the last three games against Vegas. So Vegas has like them. um, Vegas has Hosa too. (laughs) <laughs> yo did you guys see marion host like a shoot fighter now like for a fun he's like a boxer no i mean I, I, there's uh, marion also can do whatever he wants he's marion in the basket this morning i was like holy shit like he's just like yeah like i'm kind of done with hockey i'm gonna fight people now <laughs> okay. i was like all right sorry to go off on that tangent but i was no, like, damn no, it's, it's fine i mean this we're uh we're into june here and i imagine in july and august the tangents are going to get further and further away from whatever our main topic was supposed to be so it's fine and then marion Hosa, hosa's name is always welcome on these airwaves oh yeah i would imagine that vegas kind of like this they knew like all right we got a plan to beat colorado like that's the that's the stanley cup final basically unless they meet the lightning or something yeah. Yeah, their top guys are just eating up Carolina or not Colorado's top guys. Um I if Shepard was on here, he'd be talking about, well, but we need they need more from their lower lines and there hasn't been enough adjustment on that end. That could be that could cause trouble. But um the top top guys, you would think that like McKinnon would be better at five on five, but he's getting he and Landeskog and Rittenden are being like munched on and um sod's line which is technically the third line i think he's i think he's technically playing like if yeah you, if you were he doesn't have Padre, so that line's kind of funky yeah um he's playing with like comp compter and jost i want to say um and jost is usually i think the third line but either way that's the only line that semi is going and because sod has what six goals in eight games or something um because he's amazing because apparently he he can only score in the playoffs like on every shot he takes but um yeah i don't know vegas is vegas has played so well the last two games i don't know colorado like to to a a dominating degree 
could be Vegas that comes out. Colorado needs uh, Leonard back in that. Yeah, and and mm-hmm. and while while we're uh, the Leonard back in that, so we can give up seven more. Dude, he they dunked on him. It was I, funny. I, yeah, I think they. Uh, I don't know if they like he was sitting on the bench for two weeks and then they threw him in. Like I, that's, that's not the best situation for Leonard. He's sitting on the bench talking shit on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. But I, but also, I mean, if you want to go back to 2015, like Scott Darling came in cold to a playoff series and did pretty damn well. So until game six, yeah, well, but yeah. it hadn't been that long for Scott or for Darling. Cause he, um, it, it had only technically been like, since the end of the regular season, because he played like the last game or something in the regular season, so a couple yeah. of se- couple of games off technically in the playoffs, and then he came in. Yeah, I think I think I just run hot and cold on Leonard. Like one week I'll think, oh, you know what, I kind of like him. He's kind of like he's he's outspoken. He, he has some good things, but then he'll say something else. Like no, nope, no, nah, I hate him. And I, and there's never there's never a neutral territory with yeah, him. It's you know, I like him or I hate him. I'm just gonna throw this out there, and you guys can tell me if you have thoughts on it. I have watched the Hawks a pretty long time now, and he's that's the first time I saw a goalie basically like hang his defense out to dry in the press. I uh, yeah, I that's that's when the I, I started airing more on the dislike side of the Leonard spectrum because I just I I I don't like when you air out in, in any sport and or in anything anywhere really. Like I don't like when you air out your te- your coworkers in public. Your teammates, yeah. Yeah, coworkers, like, teammates, whatever. Like, do do that behind closed doors, and like the, the way he'd also like stare guys, stare down whatever defenseman blew the coverage that resulted in the goal. He did that a yeah. few times too. Oh so. yeah. Well, they should have stared him down in the shootouts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to be a douche, but like, that really drove me crazy. I was like, dude, like Crawford got like he had to bail the defense out so many times, and he never said anything. Oh, I, he actually was actually funny when, like, if a defender would do something, like, really – like, I remember when um, Seabrook scored the own goal in that one of the outdoor, the outdoor games. Game. Yeah. And Crawford was like, well, he's a good defend, you know, he's a good player. He's not going to miss shots like that or something yeah, like right. that. And you were like, oh, Crawford. But Crawford – I had the Crawford jersey from that game because I was dead ass like, he would have had a shutout and technically no Penguins scored on him. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, poor Corey. Oh man. So, um, I mean, since we did mention a few Blackhawks, do you guys have any Blackhawks thoughts? I mean, the, the world's just ended, uh, team Canada won. So Bodan and Hagel got some gold medals, which was good for them. Uh, Lucas Reichel was pretty good all tournament long. Uh, I don't know if you guys have any burning thoughts from the world's I watched very little of it cause it was on during the workday and I didn't really have time to flip over to it. Signed Gerard's law. <laughs> That's my world's thoughts. Because yeah, as LBR has pointed out multiple times, look at the team that he just won with. Yeah. Yeah, and look at who he went through because um, Russia's team was, I mean, obviously was missing NHL players, but they had some of the, not all NHL, but some, because um, like Zidorov was there. But um, <laughs> there it is. There it is. Uh, we knew we'd hey, get there eventually. Hey, she said <laughs> it, not me. Slide it in there. Okay. Um. But Russia was really good. They they went through them. They went through the U.S., who was good. And then they beat Finland, who I I thought was probably the best. They, I thought they had the best goaltender, and I think they were the best as a team, a balance of offense, defense. And they went through them all. Um, easily the th- three best teams of the tournament. Um, I thought maybe Germany could surprise, but 
they didn't and us crushed them but um and but Anne only played like 10 minutes a night um they leaned very gallant leaned heavily heavily on his top four which had power in it by the end of the tournament too because he started on the lower line and then jumped up easily and then um Hegel played mostly on the third line. It was more of a checking line than a, um, and he ended with no points, but he did have a goal disallowed at one point. Mm-hmm. And then Peary had like, I think three goals, but they were all in the earlier games. I want to say. So um, Brandon Peary was freed is what you're saying. <laughs> uh, sure. He didn't play. He played less than Hegel did. Um, so it was kind of like, cause he was technically there, they're allowed to have 13 forwards on the bench and they, he was their 13th. He wasn't on a set line. They just kind of threw him out there every once in a while rolling on different lines. Um, so, I mean, if you have that opportunity, if you don't have, you have a guy that the only thing that he, he really can do is offense. And so you're just like, I'll throw you out there every once in a while, just to offense. I guess it can work in that type of tournament. Yeah. But, um, the Blackhawks players were fine. Um, Kubelik looked good. I think we said this last time. Kubelik looked good. Kurashev looked good for the most part. He was less good in the the game against Germany. He got a primary assist was, which was nice, but he had some, he like coughed up the puck a couple of times. Um, I think the other team was picking on him a little bit though, like focusing on him. Um, Cause he was, he ended up being the puck carrier on his line a lot, which is something that I wish he had done more with the Blackhawks. But huh. I think by design, his line, that wasn't his point. And he was very good at it most of the tournament. And then Germany was targeting him. And then um, other than those ones, anybody else that went, I didn't really, the door was fine too. No, I like, just like how the Kazakhstan hockey team. Huh? No burning thoughts about the team from Kazakhstan. No. <laughs> did you guys okay. see the? Did you guys see the meme of the like Habs logo on Borat when he's like, "I'm going yes. to America." Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm also glad they were starting to get fans back in Montreal, though it looks like they want to burn down the city. Just if they win the next round, the city may not survive. Oh yeah! yeah. If they if they beat the Avs or or, or um, Knights, I mean. It's going to be like that time uh, James Hetfield set himself on fire at a Metallica Guns N' Roses show. and That was an accident. It was an accident. Yeah, it was an accident. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't. Oh, I'm just But yeah. Yeah, I saw the episode of Behind the Music. Yeah, it's yeah, too that, bad. That's that's our music pod. We'll talk about Metallica and Guns N' Roses leading to uh, riots in Montreal. Um, there's a uh, be, there's a rule about the jerseys in the playoffs. Like you have to pick which home and away jersey you're going to wear before the playoffs start. Um but if they could do like what the NBA does, it would be really funny if the Avs won and they wore the Nordique against the Habs. They should. <laughs> if there was a, like, because of the way the seating works, it won't happen. But if Colorado could win the Stanley Cup in Montreal wearing the Nordiques jerseys, I think that would be hilarious. Oh, my. That's like shit I do on NHL. That would be the most spiteful way to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, they can't do that. But they can win the, like, a buy into the Stanley Cup in yeah. Montreal. Yeah. Like, oh, I, my God. No, I, Montreal's got to hope that Vegas wins because I think um, their ty- their style of play is a little bit closer to each other because it's all like defense, defense more than let me fly the zone and that kind of stuff. But 
You never know. Montreal could make it through. Who knows? I just don't know if Montreal has the scores to get past one of those teams. Like, Tyler Toffoli is not going to carry you past, you know, either one of them, in, in my opinion. Like, they, no, yeah. Carey Price and the defense have been great, but they need goals against those teams. Yeah, like, eventually, yeah. Like, Carey Price has been playing out of his mind, but I don't see how a team like Vegas or especially Colorado, or, I mean, Tampa, too, like, in, if they somehow Montreal got to the final and they face Tampa, one of those teams is going to break down the defense and break down that goaltending. I don't even. I, think, I don't see. I don't even think Carey Price has been playing that well. I think the team in front of him has been protecting him pretty well. Okay. Um, not yeah. a little bit less against um, Toronto, but like, they, like the Jets couldn't get close enough to do much of anything. Yeah, they pinned them to the outside a lot, and they played that kind of. That kind of yeah. like if they came through the middle, they're getting suffocated. So. And they did they did that against Toronto in the last few games pretty well. And they did shut down like Toronto is a one line team without Tavares. So you shut down that one line and they don't have any secondary scoring. Nylander is technically their secondary scoring and he's the only one. That's you know what's going to happen to us, you guys. Montreal's going to play the Islanders and it's going to be the most boring final of all time. You know what? Actually, while we're here, uh, we haven't talked about that series at all. Uh, I, I was watching. It sucks. It's boring. <laughs> but Boston is losing, so it's good. That's, that's good. That's how I meant. Like watching the. I watched a good chunk of Game Five last night at uh, the, the bar I was at. So, uh, I, like it was. It was fun watching the Boston fans like get so upset about every little thing. I guess there's a lot oh. of officiating issues in that series. Um, but I, anytime like Boston fans are upset, I'm happy. So. Dave, did you see Pasta miss that open net? I did see him miss that open oh net. Oh my god! Really I would have made that. Come on! I, I, I mean, and the thing is, like, he had time. He could have, like, he didn't have to one time, and he could have caught it, corralled it, dusted it off a few times, and then shot it. But oh man! Also, his reaction of uh, just like falling to the ice, like he'd been shot in the back, was pretty. pretty <laughs> cool. It looked like he missed a penalty shot in, in a soccer game. Mm-hmm. Like how guys react in, like when they're in pens in like a championship. Yeah, no, uh-huh. like uh, I don't know, like a Mexican soccer player on Sunday night. <laughs> <laughs> Christian Pulisic, my guy. You know what? I like as a quick sport uh, soccer aside. Like I'm, I, I missed a lot of the playoff hockey this weekend. I'm most upset that I forgot that game was on Sunday night, and I just had like five texts. So like, are you watching this? And missed the whole damn thing. I was even, I was even in the damn city where the game was being played, and I missed the whole damn thing. Well. Also, I, mean, uh, I think I mentioned this to you guys before, but like walking around, I walked around Denver on Monday and there's a part, it's uh, Larimer, Larimer Square, I think. It's like, it kind of had like a Lincoln Park feel to me for Chicago. Jacques Lemaire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, no, it's Larimer. But anyway, like it was really like, it was like decked out with all the Avs gear and just walking around town, like everybody was wearing Avs gear and it just kind of made me nostalgic for when the Hawks used to be like that. So, um. So once again, what I'm saying is uh, the Hawks need to win more games. You know, uh, I don't know if Betsy can really like. I'm not sure there's a lot of hockey fans by you in general, but yeah. for Dave, like <laughs> I still see a lot of people with like Hawks shit on their cars and like stuff on oh, yeah. shirts. But I just don't think most of those people pay attention anymore. I think it's just like, oh yeah, that was fun, like the Bulls in the '90s. Yeah, I still, I'm still not sure that Chicago is a hockey town. Like I right. think when the Blackhawks are good, people get behind the team. Like that's that's cool. But 
like if you like look at their TV ratings when it's like a neutral party, Chicago's never on that list. Like Buffalo's like always in the top ten. That's a hockey crazy city. Like, yeah, I don't it's think like, Chicago's quite there yet. It, it's, it's like northeast. Bigger. Yeah. Well, yeah, Chicago, just the northeast in general's bigger into hockey. Chicago's just really weird because like they do like people get really into them when they're good, but like it's usually just like everybody goes back to the Bears. Yeah, that's true, and 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 especially like. Justin Fields mania has already taken over. I was at the, the last game I was at a week ago. I saw four Justin Fields jerseys. Jeez. He hasn't even practiced yet. That's <laughs> how it goes, man. I mean, I, I, I used to sell I'm, jerseys for a living, so I know it's, people I am, are crazy. I am once again ready to have my heart broken by a Bears uh, young quarterback. So that'll be fun. When you're talking about, though, Chicago and jerseys and stuff, it's kind of crazy because when you – when like they're such a good traveling fan base or a mm-hmm. good fan base that's like in other cities. Yes. Like they're like America's team or something like more people. <laughs> like I, when I've gone, I've gone to a ton of um, different arenas and they're not even playing, like not even for Hawks games. And almost assuredly, I'm going to see a couple of Hawks jerseys there. I went to see the Rangers and wild play. Um, that was the last uh, hockey game I went to um, fall of 2019. And there were Hawks jerseys. There were Hawks jerseys and then two Habs jerseys um, at one point that I was like, what are you doing here? Yeah. Every, not your everybody, everybody loves a winner. And I'm sure there were plenty of people like obviously the city of Chicago and the surrounding areas went nuts for the team. But I'm sure there were plenty of people that hopped on that bad wagon and, and probably still are or at least claim to be Blackhawks fans. I mean, I mean, that's, yeah, that's how it goes. Like some people are in Canada and they just pick the Hawks. Yeah. Yep. And, and some, I mean, you know, there's new England Patriots fans everywhere and it's not because they're all native to Boston. Those are all people who left the bears. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I've seen like the Hawks and the Cubs on the road and like, like that's, I don't think I've ever seen the Sox or bulls or bears on the road, but like they all like Chicago people travel well. And then there's a shit ton of them in Arizona. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's half the population moves there. So yeah, exactly, or Florida. So it's and, like, and apparently there is a huge Chicago population in Denver as well. Yeah, yeah like I know was not uh, like, one of my uh, season t- ex season ticket holder friends is up there, mm-hmm. and uh, like it's weird because you'll see Hawks people you know on TV or whatever. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, uh, we got a few other things we're going to talk about, uh, but we're going to take a quick break before we do all that. So come on back on the other side of this timeout and find out whatever that's going to be. Welcome back to Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. And as promised before the break, we got a few more things on the agenda to tick off before we get out of here and go watch Colorado and Vegas in what should be a pretty damn entertaining game five this evening. Um, but if you've been paying attention to secondcityhockey.com, we've been doing a lot of deep dives on a lot of the players from the uh, from the 2021 season. Um, I, I've seen, we've had, I already forgot what players we've had. We've had Kirby Doc up there for sure. Uh, who are some of the other ones we've written about? There's been Kubalik, Debrinkit. I wrote about Kalanuk last we week. We wrote about Kalanuk. We've had Henestroza written about, Suter, Hagel. So uh, there's a lot already up. There's a lot more coming. So uh, keep an eye out for those as we continue to kind of put a bow on the 2021 season. Um, but Shepard, Mill, and Betsy have been handling uh, a lot of those, and they've been doing a fantastic job with them, by the way. Uh, so check those all out. But I wanted to just ask you guys here when we have a little bit more of a open-ended format, is there anything in particular you guys have – 
learned or any opinions you've had changed about the players from the 2021 Blackhawks as a result of these articles? Mill, Mill, you said, so go right ahead. Yeah. uh, Well, I did one about Strom and I kind of think, because you you and I were talking about this, his numbers, like his underlying numbers haven't really changed that much. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of showing you the quality of shots is, is something that the Hawks are struggling with, with certain lines. Um, And with the Kalanuk thing, just based on the comments, I learned a lot of people are are somehow excited about Riley Stillman. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I don't, I would, I guess it would depend on your level of excitement. Like with him, like, I feel like he could be a decent third pairing guy, which isn't bad. And if his contract's only at like just over a million for the next three seasons, if he turns out to be a reliable third line, third pairing contributor, that's good. I, a guy would like that, but I don't think he's going to be anything more than that. Oh, totally. I just don't think we've seen that much of him to get any type of like, you know, wave of excitement going. It's kind of okay. neutral for me. But okay. haven't we? Isn't the same? Isn't his sample size pretty much the same as Kalinuk? And we love him. But he's, but he's done. <laughs> Got but he's, but, <laughs> well, no. But here's the thing: it's like Stillman's just out there. Either he made a couple of mistakes, or it's just been not noticeable. Kalinuk is damn noticeable with some of those passes. And no, I and get that. Back. I just the sample is so short. So we keep talking about like um, how because um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be writing about Mitchell and Bodan and how they hit a wall this season. But I feel like some of that had to do with the like the the, like they hit a wall um, at a certain game point, and Kalinuk and Stillman never they didn't play long enough to hit that wall. Really, that's a good point. Well, I think it too sample size is so skewed because it's like some guys get more minutes, some guys get more time in a different zone, some guys have regular partners. It's especially with the defense, it's so. It's uh, it's bled. It's all over the place. Well, and and the other thing with Stillman is like he he was he's a year actually a year younger than Kalanuk. Yeah, he's a year younger than Kalanuk actually. Which is Kalanuk was a late bloomer. Yeah, I didn't. I I didn't. I was about to say I didn't realize he's that old. But Stillman also like he played forty games in Florida, and the fact that he was involved in a trade for Lucas Carlson and Lucas Walmark, like. The fact that he was already traded away from one organization that I think that that kind of dims you a little bit because if you're the team that drafted you decided that you were expendable in a trade like that's that's a red flag for me. I will guarantee you that in two years I will not remember Lucas Walmart played for the Hawks. I forgot until just this conversation. Yeah, <laughs> so he was like, he had, he was of all the guys they had. Like I think he was the most. Uh, um, most anonymous this season. That would that would be the word he would get from me. I was just like, what? Like, like they signed him, and then he kind of played a few games and wore a number up in the seventies. Was like seventy one or something. <laughs> and I was just like, okay. And then he just gets traded, and it's like, all right, <laughs> no opinion. So I, I kind of get where you're coming from, Dave, with the whole like, well, they've given up on you, but like there, and I'm not saying he's going to be anywhere near this player that I'm about to mention, but. There are plenty of examples of teams that traded a very good player. Montreal Canadiens traded Servachev. Mm-hmm. They traded him in the Druin trade. Yeah. Um, and obviously that was they were trying to go for quality and quality, but it was just the most ridiculous. Like, why would you give that good of a well, defensive prospect up? Even for Druin, who had played pretty well. That, that was this was different than what I don't think Stillman is anywhere near that quality, but 
it's like, I don't know. I, I don't mind uh, going after these kind of reclamation projects or these like, cause it didn't cost much. I still think taking on, they should have gotten better for Con- like taking on Connolly's contract. Cause um, but I don't know. I would, I'm fine with giving him a chance. I don't know why out of, I think everybody on the pod, cause I don't think Shepard likes him very much either. And I'm like, yeah, he was fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Druin thing, though, don't you guys remember there was like a bunch of controversy? Like, he wanted out of Tampa and he had beef with Iserman and stuff. Yeah. Well, there sure, was, but, but like, Montreal doesn't have to be like, cool, I'm going to now get, yes, I want him, but I'll give you our one of our best <laughs> defensive prospects. In the yeah. System yeah. To get him. Yeah. Well, so, they didn't have to, but they're stupid and did. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that sometimes teams don't make, I mean, the Blackhawks gave up Geno for yeah. trash. Yeah. And that, like, like that, See that and 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 that trade like I've seen because Deneau's doing so well with Montreal right now like I've seen that trade come up a lot like I'm not upset that they traded Deneau because I think that they had I think that team like my, you know if they get past St Louis in that series like it's not you know if Kane and Panarin go on a heater they can win the they weren't bad yeah but yeah so like that team. It's just like the players that they traded him for was probably was not. Fla- it was Fleischman. That, that one, that's right? what I'm Fleischman saying. Fleischman and Dale Weiss. I, I thought have- Dale Weiss goal is only Hawks gold. Dutch Gretzky, baby. <laughs> I have no problem with giving up prospects when you're chasing a cup. And yeah. I, it's just who they traded him for. And yeah, I mean, the reasoning true. behind it, because the reasoning Bowman gave was that they wanted to give Tara Vinen two bigger wingers to play with on the third line. And one, if you're replacing two thirds of a line at the trade deadline, that's not a good look. And then yeah. two, Jerry Vineman hadn't played center most of that season. And as we know now does not play center as well as he does wing. And we knew it then too, like Q kept yeah. not putting him at center because he was struggling there and it ends up that's because he shouldn't play center. And, he, and yeah. it was one of those situations where it just, the whole narrative that Bowman and Q didn't see eye to eye it was one of those situations where you're like, yeah, I can see why that's a narrative and probably true, but like, why Absolutely. did you not do not, you need to talk to your coach about that. those are, that's one of those trades. that was just so he was using Dino, uh, you know, with uh, Kruger at the time and had moved him up to the third line right before they were about to, like they had just moved him above Kruger um, before he got traded. And it was like, it looked like Q was seeing that he could play higher in the lineup than just 4C, which obviously he could, as we see with Montreal. So it was – that's the reason that trade sucks. You were just like, that's just trash from the start. <laughs> the thing is with the Hawks, like when they were really good, they would get guys like like a Fleischman, and then they'd go off because Q would get them a matchup. But like it well, was When did so that good. happen other than with Hanzoos? Johnny Oduya. Uh, I mean, like, no, Johnny Oduya was good before he came to the Blackhawks. But I, he, I thought he was, but he was played the best hockey of his career. Paid sure, work. but he also hit his like he was playing in his prime here. But he was playing oh. top four quality in New Jersey, for example, and he was just underrated because that team sucked. But he was very good. And then the minute you put him on a good Blackhawks team with a good partner, of course he's going to be even better. Mm-hmm. Um, You're just partial Oduya because he played in Atlanta for a while. He was, he's good in Atlanta too. <laughs> oh, that's just what I'm saying. Like I'm sure. Other than Hanzus, what player came over and played above what we thought he would play? Hanzus played on that second line, and nobody expected. They were like, "Oh, they're just going to be enforcement." Maybe for a leak. 
I thought uh, Furley played less than what they thought he was going to play. They wanted him to play in the top and he didn't, he just couldn't click. And so they put him on that fourth line and it ended up probably extending his career a little bit because mm. while he got his offense back after he left the Hawks a little bit, he, the fact that he was a dual threat, I think kept him from like falling out of the league, like a Stahlberg. Yeah. And he's, he's on much. Is he still on Montreal? Cause he played eight games during the season, but hasn't played once in the postseason. And no, he's not playing in the postseason. Yeah. So, but Hey, he's he, not, you know, not great. They I think the, the problem I had with when, when they signed, when they traded for Fleshman was that he, he was okay before he started getting injured all the time. But, like, in the last, like, eight years of his career, he was playing, like, 20 games a year. He was always friggin' hurt. And I was like, oh, great. But, like, again, I just, at the time, I'm all buying in, like, just win the cup again maybe one more time. Because that team was okay, that uh, 16 team. Yeah. I would have been fine if they just, if those weren't the two players they targeted for. Because they didn't just give up Deneau for those two trash players. They also added in a second for some reason. Like, why? <laughs> well, they got that back in the Shaw trade. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did, or did they get Montreal's back? They got Montreal's, but they got the brinkets, so I'm not going to complain about that mm-hmm. one. McGrath didn't just miss the wide open net that even Pasternak would have hit. Uh, <laughs> what is it with guys just like getting to the playoffs and like forgetting how to play? Well, I may, may not have been as bad as Pasternak's one, but but uh, I, I I've been like kind of glancing over my shoulder here and. Uh, it appears Colorado has had the puck on in the Vegas end of the ice for about the last three minutes straight, and then and but now Colorado took a penalty, so never mind. So the Blackhawks um, didn't, by the way, get back that pick. Um, no, I know it was Montreal's. Yeah, no, they didn't get back a. They didn't get back the pick that they gave. I know. Yeah. No, I I just meant they got a second round pick for for Shaw, and they it became in, uh, Alex DeBrinket, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a different the, pick. She's yeah, right. yeah, because yeah. the the Montreal pick that Chicago gave them is that is Romanov, which is the kid that everybody wants them to be playing more now. Um, Alexander Romanov. How old is he? Twenty one. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to be any good. Who knows? No oh. idea. Well, if you're uh, if you're into Russian history, that's uh, quite the important last name. And that's all I got about that about Alex <laughs> Romanov. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think we're, we've, we can wrap up all the Hawks. I mean, if you enjoyed this flashback to the 2016, 17 Blackhawks, um, I, there might be a lot more coming this summer because um, the present situation, we're just kind of waiting to see what happens with this team in the, uh, in the fall. So we can just wax poetic about the good old days for a while. Can I uh, just throw one more thing to the panel? Sure. Uh, we should just clarify. You guys were thinking that we're talking about Philip Deneau and not Blackhawks legend, Marco. Dan. <laughs> Oh yeah! Thank you for we that got, clarification. Yeah, just just, to, just in case anybody was wondering. I'm yeah. Sure, I'm sure, I'm sure that was a burning thought of everyone listening to this podcast. I can't wait till his picture gets used for for Bagscape. Oh, I'm uh, yeah, yeah. Just, I'm, I'm gonna use it for this <laughs> for this podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I believe it was Shepard's turn to do the food take, uh, and apparently, well, and he's not around. So uh, I guess Betsy, you said you thought you had something that you can offer in in his. Spot so uh floor is all yours sure so let's talk about chili (laughs) absolutely in certain regions putting beans and chili like in texas they are very not for putting beans and chili um so what is like 
I don't mind beans and chili. I've had both and I've never complained either way. Um, I like beans and chili. It's great to me, but there are some people that are like hardcore, do not do it. That's disgusting. Um, and I was wondering where you guys fell. Cause you're from the, you're, you know, you're from up North. So um, I don't think Texas is the only Southern state that believes that either. I think there's other states that are so like only. What, what would be like in a Texas style chili? Cause I feel like I've, I mean, uh, for me, chili is usually like meats, beans, and then like usually like some tomatoes and then all the other stuff, all the other stuff that you toss in, like adds in like the, the liquid nature to it. So the three like t- more like solid food items are usually, so, at least in the recipe I'm used to is meats, beans, and tomatoes. Okay. So Texas chili is, it doesn't contain bean beans or any tomato sauce or any tomato product. It is meat, um, some type of thickener, um, chili paste, usually made from peppers. Um, and it probably is more like a stew. Like it, like it, it comes across more as a stew, like would come across as a stew to anybody who's normally eating. Um, they don't, it actually doesn't really taste that different. Even I know we're like, Hey, these are made from tomatoes and these are made from peppers, but they can taste pretty similar and the textures very similar. They just don't have beans. Yeah. Um, I, I've I had feel, some, I I feel like, say, I feel like I'm like ch- beans are in chili. I think that's, I think that's where my flag is getting planted. Um, I, the, but the best chili I've ever had was from Texas. So, and it didn't have beans in it. Um, it was so good. Well, I'll tell you guys what, I, I use beans since I don't eat meat, um, but I do make chili sometimes with like fake ground beef too. So I will use a substitute and make Texas style chili and test the theory. All right. Yeah. We're, well, that, the thing like chili is always a cold weather thing. At least like, I assume that I like for the Midwest, at least like chili is yeah. not just summer food. I'm not eating it now. It's 85 degrees. Out. Yeah. Dying. Yeah. Yeah. And I've complained about the humidity, but Betsy will tell us we're wrong. So <laughs> she's, I mean, she's right, but we we've lived in this black hole forever. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think, yeah. Chili should have beans in it. That's just, I mean, and I'm trying to, and, and this is a regional thing. So Betsy, you won't know about this, but Miller, are there beans in Shoops chili? I believe there are. I think so too. Cause that's, Cause that's, that's pretty good. Uh, Chicago suburb chili. Do you remember Chelly's chili? No, never had the pleasure. I know it existed, but I never went. Oh yeah. I, it was, long... was it the one yeah. in Detroit right by the stadium? Isn't it? There, I don't know if it's still there, but when he went to Detroit, they moved it. Yeah. I, I remember driving by when I went to Camara, uh, the not Camerica, the lion stadium, Ford field. That's the one. I think, uh, I think I'm with you that I think beans enhance the chili for me personally. But like I said, I'll have to test the theory. I can't say that I've had Texas chili, so it's hard for me to, it might just be a totally different thing than what I call chili. Yeah. Cause I don't remember putting like beef broth in chili when we make it with beans. Um, but that's like, usually what that's one of the things that gets put into Texas chili. Um, it's very more about the spice and the meat than it is about the tom- like tomatoes in there. But my mom makes um, a Northern style, but she always is the difference between that. And my 
dad's side of the family. So half is in Chicago, but um, half was in Louisiana for a very long time. So one of my uncles has a chili recipe that doesn't have any beans in it too. Um, now that I'm thinking about it. You know, I think, I, I mean, it's going to be tough to do because uh, digitally, but we, we need to do a chili cook-off somehow this <laughs> during, during the colder months. I'm just, I'm just going to be like Homer when he has the PS to put cowboy boots on to go to it. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I think I've had like, again, being in the suburbs where there's a zillion chains and you end up going to them eventually. I'm pretty sure I've had like Texas style chili, like a Texas roadhouse. I'm not going to call that like authentic Texas chili, but it's probably made without beans. So, but now, now I'm intrigued and now I feel like I need to, uh, step up my chili game this winter and see if I can get a Texas style one. So this is a good yeah. take because it's really interesting. Yeah. I like it's, I feel like it requires further research and we're going to have to like put a pin in this to come back to it in like <laughs> November. Cause that, like, all, there's go ahead. No, I was going to say, if we all go to a Hawks game, we could all just bring different chili with us. Well, like I, I, there's nothing better for me. Like if you get a, like one, it's usually in November when the weather, when it starts to dip like down into the forties as the high temperature during the day. And you oh, yeah. put together a pot of chili and there's a bears game at noon and then a Hawks game at six at night. And you just don't go anywhere and you just eat the chili for lunch and dinner. Oh yeah. That's, that's, awesome. an, like that's the, Sunday. that's you name a better Sunday than that. Cause or you, if there's just football on all day. I can yeah. Do that you watch football and then there's a Hawks game at night. Yeah. That's, that's, well, that's the ideal Sunday for me. Go look for, so I think October is chili month. Um, okay. and a lot of bigger cities and I'm sure Chicago is one of them will have like chili cook-offs and stuff like that. And chances are, you're probably going to have a Texas chili, um, at them at some point. Um, the, not the best one that I've ever had. We had, my work has a kind of like, it's like a taste of Atlanta. Um, and it's a bunch of different restaurant, oh, like restaurants come and set up booths on our work campus and they just have like a little table and stuff. And one of the best chilies, but not the actual best one I've ever had was a Texas chain that was in Atlanta. And they put, they did the, they did the Fritos chip thing um, as the container where you slop the chili in a Fritos bag. Oh, so like a walking taco, but a walking chili? taco. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. um, but it didn't have beans in it, which I had never had that type of like it be in the Fritos bag without, they technically weren't Fritos. They were like an off brand. <laughs> something Hell but they were yeah. those tortilla corn chips, chips. yes <laughs> they looked and tasted exactly like fritos compared so, to lay's fritos yes <laughs> um but that was very good and but they were like they were telling us about how they won the atlanta mit like i can't remember if they were talking about the buckhead one which is like an upper part of our city um they won their like the the chili cook-off when they were the first they were bragging about how like they were they were pretty much the first texas one that had won in a while. And I was like, mm, okay. And I didn't think about it literally just now. And I was like, that's right. That didn't have any beans. Um, I, you know, it's funny. Like you brought up the taste of Atlanta. Like I used to go to taste of Chicago to see bands. They'd sometimes have cool bands. And then uh, I've worked in a bunch because my company used to vend the shirts. And I don't think I've, because it's so hot in July in Chicago, I don't think I've ever had seen chili there or like anything hot like that. So yeah, ours, ours is because, um, the actual taste of Atlanta, there's like different ones. You have like taste of Midtown, taste of Buckhead, taste of Brookhaven, that kind of stuff. And then this one was like just for, uh, they did one just for like the Delta people. And they did some just for the company I work for and a couple of other of these like bigger companies that are in Atlanta. They just did like little specific cool. ones. And 
I just, I just know you go down at like 1130. You don't eat the dinner the night before because you are going to like eat so much food. And then you have to take a break because then you have to go up and try to eat more desserts. Um, the deep fried uh, last, not last year, but the year before that, when we fought, we had one in the fall of 2019, um, deep fried donuts with um, this home, this type of ice cream in the middle of it was the best dessert I've so, ever had. So what I'm, what I'm hearing is uh, that's, do you have like a place you can stash like three people to, uh, I know like, well, you can invite, <laughs> because can I'm invite like, guests to oh this. man, this, this, yeah. Well, I mean, just, just, uh, festivals and things like that in general that are like starting to come back. I'm genuinely just so excited for everything to be able to do things again this summer and fall. And um, yeah, now, now I want to go to Atlanta. So, or yeah, taste of Chicago just usually ends up with me at the distillery tent until Weezer plays. <laughs> so that's what I'm looking was, forward to. I was going to say that like taste Atlanta has um, is an underrated food city because not only is Southern food pretty good, but there's also a, pretty decent variety of other types of food here um because we have like chicago style um pizzerias here we have new york based stuff we have pretty good italian um there's a whole like indian korean section that is superb they have some of the best sushi places here um so it's really underrated because of how multi like dimensional the city is because it's not really just Georgia it's very much like a northern city displaced a little bit Mm -hmm. so I recommend if people come here try southern food but also you can probably get some of the best of other types of food here this episode brought to you by the Atlanta tourism board I know (laughs) (laughs) but no I'm I it sounds you you sell it very well um but I think the weather sucks but the food is good okay (laughs) That that's it's on the it's on the flag for the city. Weather sucks, food good. <laughs> but I think I think that is a good way to wrap up this here episode of the Musings at Madison podcast. Um, we're probably going to take next week off and then regroup a little bit and then probably start looking more towards the things coming up in the summer with free agency and the expansion draft. Although Betsy Mill and Shepard did a very good look to the NHL draft on Monday's deep dish episode. And you should check that out if you haven't already. Um, but then we should we'll probably take next week off and then we'll be back at some point. I mean, as, as things present themselves um, and keep an eye on the website, secondcityhockey.com. We'll have plenty of articles, uh, more deep dives into individual players coming up. And then eventually we'll also turn our attention towards uh, free agency and the draft and all that other stuff coming our way uh so keep an eye out for that thank you very much for listening to this episode for mill and betsy i'm dave and as always go hawks